What is that now? Twelve hands in a row? Dukes, you son of a bitch, nobody's that lucky. Now here's your host, the Big Silly. Chad Dukes. Charlie Hotel. Alpha Delta. Yeah, Dukes. Dig it. There, but for the grace of God, do with me. Boy, it's your pal, Jimmy J. I have a very, very special show to throw out there for you guys. Just a little thank you for signing up for the Fortress Film Society feed. This past week, we had what we coined as a Broken Lizard takeover. Every day on every show, we had an interview with one of the guys from Broken Lizard. All five of them came on the show with Dukes. And I know you missed it if you're not a subscriber to the Chad Duke Show. That's perfectly fine. We love to have you here, so we're going to give it to you right now. Let's get to the fun police. Eric Stolhansky on the Chad Duke Show. Everyone mark your calendars now as Commonwealth Dry Goods and the Chad Duke Show have a big week for you to be a part of. On Thursday, April 27th, it's the return of the Rodcast with Big Shooter, Othello BT, and Handsome Matty Tube Sticks. On Friday, April 29th, we are having the third installment of the Chad Duke Show Short Story Contest with the Friday Night Hootenanny at 7 p.m. And on Saturday, April 29th, Commonwealth Dry Goods will be celebrating their five-year anniversary at the store. So stop on by for some of the great new items available. It is the Chad Dukes Show Broken Lizard Takeover the entire week. We're going to have all of my guys in Broken Lizard on in a celebration of their brand new film, Quasi. I have seen this movie. I laughed with my teeth out for an hour and 40 minutes. It debuts on Hulu Thursday, April 20th. And one of the stars is right here, the fun police himself, Mr. Eric Stolhansky on the Monk's Barbecue Hotline. Eric, man, it's so great to talk to you, bud. How are you? Come on. Come on, Mr. Dukes. I missed you, my friend. I missed you. I missed you, too, man. I've still got to figure out a way to make sense during Halloween time to get you to come down here and do a signing at my shop. I think that's such a great idea. Me and you eating candy? I'm in, man. <laughs> I got to find, find a big mud tub for you to submerge. So let me ask you this real quick. So in this movie, you take what I'd like to call a money shot of gore, um, and they just kind of have to sit with, with pulp all over your face. It, there's no way this movie was as messy for you as Club Dread was, though. What is it? Oh, man, yeah, mud baths. I get muddy a lot and stretched and beaten and hazed. <laughs> I, get, I get abused a lot in our movies. I take a brain to the face in this one. You do. Lemmy's always having sex with all these really attractive women, and you just keep getting beat up and put on torture racks. Um, let me ask you about Quasi, man. This this movie's so funny. How long has the concept been around for you guys? Like, when did you come up with this idea for a flick? Oh, my God. Uh, a long time ago. We were writing this about the same time we were writing Super Troopers. So, um, a long time ago, over 20 years ago, we were, you know, we were doing sketch comedy in Manhattan. And uh, around that time, we were wearing wigs and had all these kind of crazy costumes. And so, we were, th- you know, influenced by Monty Python. And we were thinking about, uh, kind of the sketch stuff that we were doing at the time. So that kind of inspired us. Lemmy had this funny character he would come down and do. So he kind of created this world around this character and he'll tell you about it more when he's talking to you. But uh, we developed this character, but we were writing it back, back 
20 years ago when we were running against the original Super Troopers. It's, um, I, I gotta say, this, you probably aren't gonna, it's refreshing, this movie. I, I was able to just sit back and laugh. And one of the things that I'm always concerned with is that, you know, the eyes we're looking through comedy at in 2023 are way different than when. I met you, and I was like, man, I just wonder if these guys are going to continue to be able, be able to make movies that, that feel like Broken Lizard movies. Th this scratches every itch there. There are so many great one-liners. There's so much. The gore is hilarious. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to spoil Like, there's big there's big spots in the movie. It's almost like a, it felt like a pro wrestling match. Like, there's giant spots, and I don't want to ruin it for people. But, um. Is, is it any different than when when it was written because of the era it was in? Or were you able to kind of keep it intact, even though everyone's a little bit sensitive right now? Yeah, a little bit. You know, there's some tense, sensitivity issues. But the whole idea, you know, is that the hunchback, which, you know, that's what kind of addresses these sensitivity issues, is that, you know, he goes from a zero to a hero. I mean, he's the he has this journey and he's an everyman and he ends up getting the girl. I hate to ruin anything, but, you know, he is the hero. So that was, uh, you know. It is 2023, and you got to think about these things. If anything, you know, we kind of had it out. There were some outdated references, some outdated jokes. Like, for example, we had this joke about uh, the Christa Burke song, Don't Pay the Ferryman. Yeah. Which we had a whole scene written about it, and we shot it, and we're like, nah, like, people will still remember it. And then we tested in front of an audience, and it was just crickets. So, we're like, <laughs> yeah, I guess people don't remember that anymore. So, those kind of jokes, you know, there are jokes we sometimes make old references, and you got to update things. There is a big Frere Jaca music scene, which I enjoy thoroughly, <laughs> though. Timeless um, song, yes. Absolutely. But like when you're putting together a big musical, is that a big pain in the ass when you're doing that in the middle of a movie? Yeah, huge. Big, huge pain <laughs> in the ass. You got to play back and yeah. <laughs> there were was, was so many scenes like that where I felt this is a this had to be a giant pain in the ass to shoot. <laughs> And, and one of the things you guys are all you said, it's, you know, an homage to Monty Python and you really get that sense, even though I, I want to make it clear, like one of the things I like when a when a band covers another band, it's like they make the song their own. They, just, they don't just play it straight. Like this is a broken lizard movie, though, that feels like you guys are that you have great affinity for those Monty Python movies. And I think that's probably what you were going for. But when you're playing so many different characters we, we saw this in beer fest like it's not like it's something you guys haven't done before but you guys are all over this how, how do you block a movie where you have so many different scenes as different guys yeah it's hard it's really hard Heffernan had to do an amazing job as a director you know yeah you know we didn't even we don't even pretend to touch monty python you know those guys are the holy grail uh we just dip our hat to them a little bit you know we just loved them growing up and uh, so we wanted to play multiple parts. It was fun. We're a sketch comedy group. And so you have sometimes a person who's a stand-in that's wearing your outfit and a wig and trying to look like you and you're acting opposite him. And that's weird. Or, um, yeah, I mean, Kevin at times as a director would have to be there as a director, but he'd also have to be Duchamp and Henry Francois. Like there's times when you're on stage with your same person and that's really hard to wrap your mind around. Yeah, I couldn't do it. How how much different is it? Because Kevin has directed now Slam and Salmon, which is maybe my favorite comedy of all time, and then Jay directs basically everything else. Is is you know I know you have worked with these guys forever, but how yeah. different is it when you know the, each, each one of those guys is at the helm? You know, it feels like the same kind of being in this ride in the same car because you know we all work together, and like even if Jay's directing and the scenes he has to be in, Jay, uh, Kevin may jump behind the camera and sort of direct us, or um, you know, so we're just used to it. I don't know; it, it doesn't feel that much different. The, so very organic. How, how much different though is it? Because 
the organic part of it is you, the chemistry between the five of you. Um, it's kind of what's bringing everybody to the table. And you guys are funny, but you're also funny because you're so comfortable. And there's so many times in this movie where you, you tag a line with like a little under your breath, almost you know, additional funny line that it wouldn't happen if this is you know, cop out or I don't want to disparage anybody else's movies. If it's, you know, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell trying to do a wacky action comedy. Um, when you bring in somebody else, like you did such a good job with Brian Cox and Michael Clark Duncan and Bill Paxton. Is it uh, Adrian Pilecki? I think is how you say her name. She does such a great job in this movie with you guys. What is that process like involving the, for lack of a better term, normies into your cabal of hilarity? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we have to have a real actor in the movie. Otherwise, you know, I don't think it'd work. You got to have somebody <laughs> with some pep so we can just fly around and be the goofballs we are. Um, yeah, so, you know, Annie, she was amazing because obviously she can do drama with John Wick and Friday Night Lights. Excellent. Yeah. But she also has comedic chops because she's in the Orville. And so um, she looked the part. We knew she had comedic chops. We brought her in. She fit in on day one. She's amazing and great. I don't know. It was It was easy, you know, sometimes... I don't know. We've always had really good luck. Brian Cox was funny as shit and uh, amazing actor. Paxton was amazing. I don't know. We just, we just get lucky, I guess. Did he do the, the Brian Cox at the voiceover for, for Quasi, He did. Right? He did, uh, yeah. That's so, yeah. That's so great. It's such a hat. The, the only thing, that the only criticism that I have of you guys, and I remember sending you a tweet. I was drunk one night, and I sent you some crazy fucking tweet about how I wanted <laughs> I wanted the, the Super Troopers universe and the Beer Fest universe to intersect. Um, and have like a cinematic universe for all the Broken Lizard movies. The only thing that I always I'm, I'm looking like a, with a fine tooth comb is if there's any H slash T's to like the movies you guys have made in the past. Um, I wish there was a little more of that because I'm such a nerd Nick for all the universes you guys have built. We talked about that yesterday. Kind of funny if like Finkelstein and Mac had an interaction or Thorny and Barry, uh, you know, from Super Troopers and Beer Fest. It would be a, a funny world to try to pull off. Well, it's kind of, there was a little bit of that in Dukes of Hazard, right? When when Jay shows up in the golf cart of Dukes of Hazzard. I mean, there's a little bit of it there, but I don't know. It just, it's it's a pipe dream. This, dude, this movie's so funny. Um, the wig stuff, there's the perfect amount of camp, but I also like there's moments where you guys are taking it very seriously. The villain work is really mm. good. I, I, I hate to spoil it again, but there's a scene at the end where you play the right-hand man of the Pope, and then yeah. Kevin's playing the right-hand man of the king of France and both of you guys uh, end up, it doesn't go well for you guys. Um, I think the reason why the comedic <laughs> moments are there is because everyone's taking it seriously. And sometimes when it's supposed to be a wacky, goofy movie, Roman's wearing wigs, like you said, that aspect isn't there. Did you spend time on the accents? Like how much of it was, this has to kind of look like France, even though we're making this crazy ass movie. Well, that was funny. Like it's France. I'm like, what are we going to do? French accents? You know, like, uh, <laughs> We couldn't pull that off. So, I don't know. We saw The Great, which is a, a really funny series. Um, and, you know, they don't necessarily try to go heavy on the accents. They just kind of deliver it as is. So, we wanted to do this, like, upstairs, downstairs. So, we wanted the uh, kind of the royalty to have British accents. And then sort of the peasants just had regular accents. So, for the British stuff, even though accents are terrible, we didn't feel like we had that perfect accent. So we're hoping the audience isn't going to judge us that hard and just, you know, but we did work with like a dialect coach to try to sort of have that Shakespearean feel to it for our upstairs. We call them upstairs, downstairs characters. And for our upstairs characters, we definitely tried to have that British accent. It worked on hard. It was dope. Even though they're terrible, but it, yeah. <laughs> it was so great. Um, I, I got to ask who came up with the scrotum chant? 
Oh, the scrotum <laughs> chant. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of stuff ha- kind of happened organically <laughs> on set. Sometimes moments just happen. Glory, you know, you just capture that. The scrotum chant happened organically on set, Eric? I'm trying to remember. You know, I have to think back in the script if that ha- if it was written down or not. I can't remember. There's a lot of uh, improv in this. We don't normally don't improvise that much in our movies, like Super Troopers, I'd say zero. But uh, on this, we we would get what's written, and then afterwards we would improvise a lot. If you um, if you look at the script and you can find somewhere where it's actually written down in like Times New Roman scrotum chant, you you gotta you gotta send me a screen cap of that. That that'd be a perfect <laughs> thing to hang on the wall of the studio in here. Uh, <laughs> they start chanting scrotum is that what you're looking for well it's something i've been very passionate yeah. about my entire life i think scrotum is the funniest word in the english language and i don't want to spoil anything but my goodness gracious is the scrotum used with great versatility in this film um where does this rank man like you guys get to do a lot of fun stuff some of it's kind of obvious where it's like everybody would like to be in a beer drinking contest and whipping sure. ass over the irish and the english but this is you know like you said swords wigs crossbows it had to be so much fun and it felt different than all of your previous movies like on a level of just pure enjoyment where does it rank you know it was really fun for us because it took us back to where we started to me it was a lot of fun like obviously it was blast and being in mexico and shooting club dread and drinking beer from beer fest they're all fun they're all your children you love them all but this was kind of cool it just took us back to our roots like you know before we made super troopers even before puddle cruiser we were doing sketch comedy in greenwich village for five years and uh, putting on costumes and wigs, lugging things down to the club and getting up and going on stage. So that's kind of what this felt like to us, putting on king's robes and pope hats. And uh, I don't know. It was fun to go back to that. How is the uh, – you guys always get out there. And for people that don't know, a lot of um, – you know, there's always this promotional tour. Nobody does a better job of it than Broken Lizard. You guys are doing quasi-cella right now, going all over mm-hmm. the country. Yeah. I saw the pictures from the NASCAR race. It looked – Super cool. How is the uh, how's the production? Excuse me, the promotion aspect of this thing been going? Fun, man. I've always kind of thought of us like a band, you know, a five man sketch comedy group. But I don't know. We love music. We uh, so we kind of consider ourselves in that musical sense. Like we when we promoting Super Troopers, we got on a bus and we cruise around the country in a bus and we do a screening and hang out with people afterwards for beer fest. We went to twenty five cities in twenty days and played beer pong and drank with fans and Super Troopers too. You know, we made the movie with our fans and in the Indiegogo campaign. So. Now we're back on the road. We were in Boston last night. Right now we're in Chicago. We do a screening. Then we go to a bar and we hang out with people, have beers. Uh, going to SmackDown Friday night in Lincoln, nice Nebraska. Did NASCAR. Yeah, so it's a blast. I don't know. We love getting out there and meeting people and uh, getting to share. Well, uh, you remember, call. I'm in a, a Coconut Pete tribute band. I'm aware of your musical proclivities. Oh, yes. And I bought a Crackling Bacon t-shirt, so there's that. I love that you're in Ponytails and Cocktails. <laughs> I love your band. <laughs> I'm going to cart that up. Uh, it is at Stolhansky on Instagram, Eric Stolhansky on Twitter, but the most important one is Cameo. Book a cameo from my guy. Eric has been uh, nice to me since I have known him and been in the biz. Quasi releases on Hulu. April 20th I don't have to I was so happy whenever you guys do something I don't have to bullshit sometimes when nice people are coming on you have to bullshit about their product I laughed openly woke my wife up laughing so many times watching this thing I hope you guys are pleased with it man it's uh, it's really really funny we're very happy thanks Dukes man awesome talking to you man oh, always great to, to catch up with you can't wait yeah. man can't wait for everybody to see Eric in quasi April 20th on Hulu the best barbecue in Virginia can only be found at Monk's Barbecue in Percival, Virginia. Check them out at Monk's BBQ on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and at monksq.com.
got to say the monkey won't do. It is the Broken Lizard takeover for their brand new film, Quasi, releases on Hulu April 20th. That is a Thursday. I plan on watching it again because I unhinged my jaw teeth out with laughter watching this thing. The great Paul Soder joins us right now on the Monk's Barbecue Hotline. Paul, I don't even, probably don't remember this. The only time I have had the opportunity to interview you was promotion for Slam and Salmon. My radio station had flipped formats a week before, and you guys actually came out on a tour like you're doing right now to a cell phone store where I was doing the show, and I was completely fanboy marking out, but the show that I was supposed to interview you with didn't exist anymore, and it had become a sports talk show, so it was very awkward, and I, I wanted to apologize for that. And it had been disco before that. It was a disco <laughs> format. We did. We actually disco were the, with Dukes. Exactly. We were the proprietors of the Burn All the Disco Records promotion mm-hmm. at the baseball stadium, riding in the. Um, dude, this movie. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just gonna say I, I uh, was just talking to somebody about that uh, disco demolition night at Comiskey. I feel like that's such a wild, weird story that that needs to be like a mini series i think i'm gonna pitch that why hasn't that been a documentary because what is it penny beer night that was in nickel beer night in cleveland where they were ripping the yeah. seats out and throwing them onto the field and they uh yeah they, they encouraged people to bring their disco albums it was a it was, it was organized by a dj who had lost his job because his radio show had changed format into a disco and he hated disco so he he then was trying to whip people into a frenzy against disco and then they they coordinated with comiskey because nobody went to the white Sox games this is back when they wore like the dumb shit shorts uniforms <laughs> and so the white Sox were doing anything to get attention and uh yeah everybody went ape shit and burned records and threw their seats out and it, it was weird and ugly and crazy yeah we have this in common then. Michael Jordan of the White Sox is oftentimes compared with Michael Jordan of the Washington Wizards here where we are. And I <laughs> I think it's so goddamn disrespectful because Michael Jordan was damn near 40 and dropping 40 points a night with the Wizards with Jerry Stackhouse and nobody else. And Michael Jordan is is 6'6 and has no business trying to play baseball. And there's video of, of Harry Carey calling him having hitting an RBI. And I, I think it's this amazing feat that everybody disrespects the shit out of because he didn't go out there and bat 300. Yeah, and if, you had, if he had stuck it out for another year or two, I think he would have been. He, 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 he would have had a, an average. I think he would have batted. I think he's a better baseball player than Tim Tebow, and I feel comfortable saying that to you right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, dude, this movie, I, you know, I think you know I'm a, I'm a mark for all your guys' stuff. Your chemistry comes through in all these films. I, I really I think they're very unique, and your voice in comedy is something that resonates with me. I, I thought this movie was hilarious. I was nervous when I first heard it. It's like, wow, they're doing a period piece, and it's for a streaming service. But I woke, I told Eric this when he came on, I woke my wife up laughing at this movie. I made her come down and I wrote the line down because I wanted to tell you when I interviewed you, more fire ants in that guy's dick hole. I, yes. I, I don't want to spoil jokes for the fucking quasi, but I was unhinged going nuts for that. Um, When you have the, do you write, do you guys write all your own lines? Do you write lines for each other? What, what is the process there? We we don't do the casting until the last minute for that reason, because we don't want guys. And even with the best of intentions, you find yourself doing it if you know. Like I'm working on a draft of Super Trooper Three right now, and I'm I truly am trying not to just write jokes for Foster, but it keeps <laughs> happening. So you do it. So we try to avoid that by making sure we don't cast 
until the last second. So, you know, we're, you're writing for everybody, but I, you know, what I like to do is always come in with a few alt lines. I think that's what the fire ants in the dick hole was. Like it, it was just, I was just barking out like, you know, shove another shovel up that guy's ass. You know, <laughs> okay. You know, okay, cut another inch off that guy's nose. Uh, yeah, I think that was the, the, the thing about doing, you know, it, it, not just this Quasimodo story, but doing a torture chamber as workplace comedy. You you look and, and there are these ghoulish, horrific renderings of, of of actually the kinds of things that people did to each other back then, and it, it it's so gross that it almost sort of crosses over into being funny again. And it was always like always something sharp going up an asshole. Uh, uh, <laughs> And so to me, I just was like, you know, okay, let me just throw out as many like horrible things that kind of hover around the, the, the cock and balls and anus, uh, uh that, uh, I would be instructing my, my torturers to do to somebody. So, yeah. I love the Pope character, but I got to say one of my favorite parts of the movie is you standing up on that platform of over all the torturers and just screaming shit down at them. It was, it was so funny. I, I have to ask who's. I didn't get the oyster shtick for about, I'd say, three or four minutes, and then it became one mm-hmm. of my favorite parts of the movie, <laughs> and the fact that it was such a, is it a MacGuffin? Is that the name that, I don't know, that film students use? It's, it's one of these things, and we, we kind of went through this with the studio, because it is a bit of a non sequitur. It's just that really that we thought, like, what's the dumbest status symbol that, <laughs> that, that a society could have? And I apparently let me research this, and it really was considered the food of kings back in like the, the, the middle ages and so the idea that just it's becomes this magical thing that everybody's like oh if i could just like make my increase my station in life so that one day i can eat an oyster and just you know, that people would just get into a frenzy about it it was so dumb to us but we just thought well, let's make that like the thing that everybody's striving for in this world. So then you definitely were conscious in that let's get the biggest, grossest oysters we can possibly find and have those be this, uh, you know, the chalice, the, 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 the Ark of the Covenant that everybody wants because I couldn't believe how big the shells were and the mounds were. I've, I'd never seen oysters that size. I'm, I'm relatively new to, to oysters. I probably was in my 30s before I ever, I ever ate them. But to me, I was thinking of them as like, you know, the size of like a silver dollar or something like that. And so with the idea, like, I knew that I was going to have to wolf down a huge plate of oysters. So I was prepared for that. And then when they brought these things out, they were the size of your fist. And, um, you know, again, not just a matter of eating one, but like, I am supposed to be eating like 25 <laughs> in, in five seconds. I'm supposed to like, these things are so important. And I'm just shoving fistfuls into my mouth. And I thought I was going to die. I had to just sort of just spit out a gigantic wad of, of like half masticated oyster crud into a bucket after every take. You're, yeah, you're shitting me. Those, those were real. I thought you guys whipped up something like in special. Those were real oysters? It was and it wasn't. It was okay. this weird thing where like, and I don't know if Eric talked to you about this, but we had had at the last second been informed that the ASPCA uh, would not allow us to eat oysters on set um, because it was a living uh, creature like up to like you shuck an oyster and it's still alive and then it dies. So they had to be 
so they they replace them with these goo i think they're called oyster mushrooms because they look like oysters and they're slimy like oysters and they're like grayish brown and so i had eaten a bunch of those and then they found out oh no if we as long as we like shuck the oyster like the day before then you're not eating a live animal and i'm like all right but you shuck an oyster the day before it's kind of gross by the time uh, uh, I've got to eat it. So then I went from these gross mushrooms to these gross oysters, and uh, I have not even looked at an oyster since. Yeah, it I, just, I feel like you're famous enough and successful enough and have done enough with your life where you shouldn't be doing that on your own movie. Like You shouldn't be put through that on the set of your own film. I think it's it gives the rest of us such a kick when one of us has to suffer through something like that. <laughs> it will always be... We'll always look for opportunities, whether it's maple syrup or oysters, you know, the, the, to, to subject each other. Talk about torture. Yeah, to subject each other to something gross. Dude, we did. So I did a live show. There's a couple hundred people out, and we did the, the syrup chugging like every bro dog has done now for the past 20 years because of you guys. I know. But the assholes bought the sugar-free syrup, so everybody got explosive diarrhea. diarrhea. So you know, diarrhea. of course you know about this. Yeah, I, I I got lucky. I mean, it's, it's one of the great bullets I've dodged in my life was that I was not one of those characters in the movie sure. Super Troopers drinking. So it's Eric and uh, uh, Jay, and we can go anywhere. We can be out randomly any place, and guys will show up with maple syrup to chug it with those guys. You're like, first of all, where did you? Where did you? Like, oh, how do you just carry maple syrup? Uh, <laughs> and there was a TV, I think what the guys were promoting on talk uh, attack of the show. And Olivia Munn said, we have to do a syrup chug for the show, but I did you guys a favor and I got sugar. Oh, syrup. No. And, and the same thing, like those guys didn't know any better. They're like, uh, all right, for Olivia Munn, of course you're going to do it. Sure. And they reported back that everybody, everybody, all the talent uh, spent the rest, rest of the day on the bathroom. So you've done, you've experienced it. I have, yeah, my great joys in life is I have not had to do that. It, it was this before or after? I mean, she was in Slamming Salmon, right? I mean, was this before or after that? Yes, yeah, so this is this is right in probably her last days as a talk show personality when she was uh, becoming an actress. Yeah. So you've played, a and dunk- she was also my babysitter. Uh, she, um, I lived across the street from her for a while. So when my son was like six years old, Olivia Munn was his first babysitter, and I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet arrangement. Jesus, yeah. Uh-huh. How does that get over with the kid? wife, by the way? That, that would not go over in my household. She, she <laughs> was definitely like, I'd go out to dinner with my wife, and she would not be totally relaxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be like tapping her watch as we as we uh, sit through a movie. Sure. Um, I, I mean this is a high compliment. I don't know what it'll sound. Is it, the, the Pope is such a glorious cock in this movie mm. i mean jay's a villain too and jay's funny mm-hmm. in this movie but the pope struck me as he's such a dick and yeah i don't want to ruin the end of this movie but because he's that way you don't see the end of this movie coming whatsoever <laughs> and i know it's meant for right. i know it's for comedic effect but it was shades of john doe and seven where i'm like oh my god it's Gwyneth paltrow's head yeah. in a box damn dude you were very close to that being like a real villain in a thriller movie if you just played it a little more straight i think i you know i mean i have never you know the closest that i've even done to playing an, an asshole was was probably in, in club dread was sure. dj dave it was just kind of a jerk but not you know not villainous so i had you know and i'd heard actors say oh boy it's so much fun when you get to play a bad guy and 
it, 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 I mean, it was a hundred times more of a blast than even I expected. And, uh, not just great being a bad guy, but like, you know, you saw what I was wearing. It yeah. took a team of five people to dress me and put on my jewelry, my hat. And just when people start treating you like that, you, you do become a little bit of a prick or you kind of channel <laughs> your, your inner, your inner, inner prick. And, and, and I, it was just so much fun to, to roll with that. Um, so yeah, that, it's easily for me for, I mean, it's easy that I think the best uh, role that I've ever had and the most fun that I've ever had acting. Where is the DJ Dave head? I, I need to know where it is. That's my head. Uh, that they, they kept saying they, they wanted to duplicate my head. And I kept saying, I think if you put like a turntable on a cabinet, you could just put a hole in the top of the cabinet, put me inside the cabinet and just actually rotate oh, me. Stop it. And it Are you took serious? a lot of convincing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, then nobody believed me. And I made this whole big dramatic stink about it. Like, listen to me, I can do this. So I was on a little lazy Susan crouched or sitting underneath you know uh, the turntable inside the cabinet like a dumb old magician's trick but then yeah then then i i I realized i had fucked up because i as they were spinning me they kept saying no no your eyes are moving i'm like no no i'm looking straight ahead no 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 no. they they showed me on the monitor and when spinning around i guess it is actually really hard to like completely keep your eyes uh, 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 not moving your eyes want to kind of jump around a little bit. So we had to do that over and over and over again. I started getting nauseous, but I'm glad I'm proud because I do love to be, I love telling the story about how like, no, 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 they wanted to make a fake head, but I did it myself. I did my own stunts, did my own death. It was fantastic. I and it's such a club dread fan. It's so cool knowing that now. And I feel like a rube for not knowing it. Quasi comes out April 20th on Hulu, uh, hilarious. The Pope, you're not going to, everything is fantastic. Paul, both your characters, so funny, so many great moments. Really appreciate you making the time to come on the show. I hope you're real proud of this movie. Yeah, and we're super proud of it, and we just had such a great time. And I know, I think, you know, a lot of people have told us, it's like what you said, you see that we're doing something that's so different than anything we've done before that's off-brand. People have come into it like, I don't know, I don't know. And I think if people just sort of Take a minute, let it sink in, be like, okay, I'm in a different world. This is a different environment, and I'm used to with these guys that once you, you buy into that, I, you know, I think it's incredible. Anybody who thinks our stuff is funny is going gonna, is gonna to love what's in this movie. A, a, a million, you're going to laugh for an, an hour and 40 minutes. Hulu, April 20th, Quasi, at Paul Soder on Twitter and Instagram. Such a big fan, Paul. Thank you so much for the time, brother. Yeah, absolutely, Chad. Good to talk to you. This guy's awesome. Paul Soder, everybody. Make sure you're checking out Quasi on Hulu, April 20th. If you're interested in buying or selling a home, there's only one person you should call, and that's Joe Azer. You can reach him at 571-989-2937. That's 571-989-AZER. The Broken Lizard Takeover on the Chad Dukes Show continues with i'm gonna say it the star of the picture not the broken well, lizard film but steve lemmy is quasi in quasi so he's the star of the film and he's on the monk's barbecue hotline as we live and breathe steve great to have you on the show brother how are you i'm fantastic how are you doing dude i um i told uh i talked to paul i talked to eric and i i want to say the same thing to you i 
I was a little nervous when I saw the movie because it's a period piece. Uh, when you guys are in the pot, I love all your movies so much, and it's a little out of the comfort zone, but. I, I popped it on. They, they sent me over the screener, and I was laughing. I was laughing uproariously within the first five minutes. And there's so many long payoffs that are great. There's there's twists and turns in this. It's just really a funny comedy from tape to tape. I, I hope that you're pleased that it's different from what you normally do, but still, it definitely lives up to the Broken Lizard standard. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? It's cool. It's like. Um... And I know you spoke to those guys, and they, they may have said this already to you, but it's it's it like one compliment we keep getting is that we finally made a real movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they did not like, say that. <laughs> oh, really? That's no. funny because because like we've always made movies just about five guys, five guys, five guys, and we finally made a movie about a guy who doesn't have love in his life, and he's got a relationship with his best friend and his best friend is kind of, you know, uh, condescending to him. And, uh, even though he's, you know, he's insecure. Um, and you know, he winds up in this feud between these two villains, the King and the Pope and has to overcome that. And it's really, you know, kind of like a, a, a zero to hero story. And, you know, it's, it's the, 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 that lead character is very sympathetic. He's an underdog. And it's like, and and like you were saying, there are plot twists yeah. all throughout the movie, um, which we haven't really had. You know that we we have guys in the group who actually have sometimes said, "I don't really like plot twists. I just want to <laughs> have some laughs." And we're like, "No, man, twists are good." But so yeah, so it's uh, you know we, we've been so we finally made a real movie, and I, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. So, uh, you know, it's it's awesome. Dude, there's one moment, and I I'd have been doing my best not to spoil it, but I love the movie so much, and I know my listeners are gonna check it out especially on on hulu you can just sit there on your, your big fat ass and watch it in your house i know a lot of my guys are going to resonate with that but it's it's the hero's journey and and there's a moment where quasi is i'll just say giving his confession to the pope and something happens where i went oh shit like i i it actually took me aback because i'm like that's kind of you know it's a funny movie and you guys are being wacky and there's scrotum jokes but i actually was like wow i did not see that coming at all and it did give me that little feeling of this is different than the stuff that i've seen from you guys i don't even mean that as a criticism or a compliment it just it is what it is and it was it was a very cool moment to experience yeah yeah no i know the moment you're talking about and it's 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 that's the thing it's like you know we wrote this movie at the same time we wrote super troopers you know back in the in the late 90s and uh you know it started with this character um this you know this this hunchback character and and we just started imagining all these situations he could get into. And what we realized is that we were writing a script that did have all these plot twists and certain turns, like one thing after another just keeps happening to this guy. And, um, you know, and eventually he has to, you know, overcome and, uh, and figure out a way out of this mess that he's gotten himself into. And, and there's, there's more than just that, you know, there's a relationship with his best friend and there he, he begins to find love in his life and, you know, uh, he goes on the run and, you know, there's a lot to it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you appreciated it. I did. Um, I, there, there is a, um, you know, I don't want to spoil things. There's a scene in this movie where it's not like you having sex with Penelope. Um, there is a romantic scene in this film where it is very clear that the, the, the gentleman that is involved is a hunchback. 
when you, <laughs> when you're casting this film um and you're you're potentially get do you do you tell all the women that are involved say hey there's going to be this crazy ass scene like i just wonder what that process is like because it is a very unique display of passion and i'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> you know you what you do is you give the script you let them read the script first okay um and and see uh what they are going to to say and hopefully you know like in the script in the script it, like it's clear that this is uh, a filthy a filthy love scene with a dirty grimy unshowered hunchback <laughs> who's who's a virgin <laughs> Sure. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but one of my favorite lines is in the first half of that scene where, you know, he's just not sure what to do. Yeah, it's the best. And that's, that's all I'll say about it. But like, um, you know, that's all in the script. And the, the truth, the funny thing is in, in this version of the script was, was even, uh, up top, it was dirtier. Like it, like at the beginning, it was, it was, you know, like, like, look, my character is, is basically a human dog, and like, uh, you know, he's he's very base and very earthy, and he, you know, he's a peasant. He's, uh, you know, he's the outcast of the village because he's a hunchback, and so, you know, he's lovelorn and he's, but he's also horny. And, um, you know, we, we had, we had versions where like people were questioning what was inside the hump and like, you know, like, did it have magical powers? Did it make it, him stronger? Did it make him more of a man? Did it, uh, you know, did he carry milk in there? Like what, you know, <laughs> what was in there? So anyway, I, it, it, like the, the long version, uh, to your question is we let people read the script first and if they're into it, then we're like, we're usually like, Okay, yeah, it's uh, you know they're 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 game. They're good for this, and and uh, you know, and that's the vetting process. Um, did, was there some sort of payoff or some sort of wager between you guys? Because I know this from what I've you know talked about. This is your character, so you were kind of like, all right, I'm quasi. But is it now okay? You're going to have to play the jester that gets set on fire and hard and feathered all this horrible other shit that comes. Cause you guys are all playing dual care. And first, let me say this also, the first time we see you in that face paint is terrifying. I, I don't know if that was what you intended, but it scared the piss out of me. Um, was that kind of a payoff for you being able to be the, the love interest and the hero and swing through with the crossbow and all the fun stuff you get to do? Well, um, yeah. So like that, that was based, you know, that character came from uh, this guy I used to work with, um, and I used to work at an HMV, uh, the HMV uh, music store in New York City, and it was it was it was one of these big monster CD stores. And this guy ran the jazz and blues department. And you know, we were talking one day, and he he was a drummer, he was a musician, and but he was talking about the, and he spoke out of the side of his mouth, and he was saying, you know, one day, you know, the, the saxophone is uh, is really the loneliest instrument on the planet. And, um, you know, when I'm feeling lonely, I, I'll sit there and play my saxophone in my windowsill, in my window on the, you know, hot, sweaty summer night, just, you know, playing the blues and thinking about a woman who probably doesn't exist. <laughs> and I would go back and 
tell these guys every day i had these these interactions with this guy and he was a nice guy but like he was so lonely and uh we just started riffing on this on this character and like you know we built up this this character first you know we turned him into a hunchback and in in medieval france and then you know had him stuck between a feud between a king and a pope and then um you know on top of that we made him a virgin just to just to add insult to injury um and so that was the basis of 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 the character and so you know like the truth is at the very beginning i think i think we were worried that like because it was so not traditional traditionally broken lizard you know like like we were talking yeah. about those are five man five man movies and this was essentially a one man show in 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 that way and so that inspired us to you know do a nod to our heroes monty python and say like okay well why don't we play multiple roles and then everybody's you know in in every scene in the movie and and so originally i wasn't going to play a secondary character i was going to be you know like kind of the way graham chapman was in in the holy grail or life of brian um and then at the end we were like oh fuck it just like uh <laughs> you know I'll, I'll play the jester i'll be in full makeup and you know you'll be able to tell the difference and then in terms of the jester like i was going to make him a jolly a jolly jester and then we started looking at uh, at images, like paintings of jesters from that time period. And like, you know, you ever see like those like those images on like Instagram of like the Easter Bunny from nineteen ten? Oh, it is. It's horrifying. And and they're horrifying. Well, that's what jesters actually looked like back in like you know the the fourteenth century. Uh, they were not like jolly. It wasn't like like caked white makeup with like pink. Uh, circles on their cheeks and smiley face it was like you know they were like dark and creepy and and gross and so um yeah i opted to go for the gross version of the uh, of the jester the worst one of those that you're talking about is whenever people post like halloween costumes from the 1800s and they're just the stuff of horrors and you're you're walking around like, well, I mean, this, this everyone dresses as Pokemon now. They you know, whatever the meme come to life is like. This is this is what the real world was back then. So, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Jester's job certainly wasn't fun in in this particular kingdom. Um, the 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 movie. I know you guys mentioned Monty Python, and I I get it. Like, if you're you're a comedy troupe, you're going to be influenced by them, but. I, I think this movie is you've done what you set out, which is to do something completely different. But and I always say this, one of the things that always draws me to your work is your your chemistry. I'm, I'm sure it's a pain in the ass to develop that chemistry because the only way you can do it is over time. And you guys spending so much time with each other and you know expressing yourselves creatively. But you don't lose the soul of that in this thing as well, which, um, you know, it's going to keep your hardcore fans there, but probably will earn you some more. So now, now that you're saying this, I know Super Troopers 3 is what's next, but would you like to do, you know, stretch the legs, as you say, even more so? Or what's what's next on the horizon for you guys? Yeah, like, you know, it's, I think we might be in a situation where we're doing, you know, because the, the studio does want to do Super Troopers 3, and we're, you know, many drafts in to, um, to that, and we're going to hand it into them pretty soon. And maybe you know, maybe film it this year. Um, you know, we have a bunch of projects that are that are different, and it, it's like, um, you know, we have a we have another period piece that's set in ancient Greece, um, and then we've got you know like we've got a kind of holiday movie that uh, oh, might be man. animated, which is you know it's the Easter Bunny and Santa kind of going head to head. Um, and we've got, you know, we've got a script. And these are all written. Like, we've got a script where we play college professors. We've got a, a script where we play yachtsmen. Um, 
We have uh, just yachtsman's funny. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, and we even did research one day. Like at my house, we uh, we rented that movie. I think it, it's called like I don't know if it was White Squall or there was like a Matthew Modine movie about the America's Cup. White, like, White Squall is that not Jeff Bridges? I've I've seen that movie. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's a storm. That's a storm movie. Okay, and. I, I I don't think that was the one we watched, but there was another one about like the America's Cup that we watched, and like it's just funny when the five of us do research because like one like one time we we uh, wrote a ballet movie for The Rock, and we sat around and we watched like Center Stage and like a bunch of these ballet movies. I, I always find that to be the the, the like the thing we talk about the least is like when we do research for something together so we can get ideas, but like, yeah. yeah so the, the yachtsman, we, uh, you know, we got really into the America's cup for a little while, but we've got a bunch of scripts written and it's like, you know, I think, you know, at this point people are like, Oh yeah. Super troopers. You know, we want super troopers three. We want pot fest. You know, that's another thing we're, that. we're working on. Yeah. Um, yeah, still yeah, with us. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And those are, yeah, it's like, look, we, you know, we, we can make some pretty high impact, uh, rowdy party movies, but I, I think you know when you look at all the movies, like when you look at Super Troopers one and you, and Super Troopers two, and even like the obnoxious ones, like like Beer Fest or like you know the the like Club Dread, which is you know which is off the beaten path for us. There's actually like you know if you take away the swearing and and sometimes nudity, like the comedy is actually good, like the jokes are good, and they're smart, you know and. Um, and that's just because we do draft after draft. And so it's it's like, you know, we started as a sketch comedy group first and we like playing these different parts and we like doing different things. And it's easy, you know, it's easy to say, fuck, yeah, we're going to do Super Troopers 3 sure. and, and maybe we'll, we'll do Super Troopers 4. But like, um, you know, for us, it's a blast to do these other things. It's, and, you know, well, speaking we of had a great time. Speaking of different things, man, you're doing an energy drink. I was just in Nashville. It's so much fun. You're, you're doing an energy drink release in Nashville. What, what is that about? It's it's actually it's an alcoholic beverage. I like um, that. You know, I, but, you know, it's it's agave based. So, you know, t like tequila and agave give me a lot of energy, frankly. <laughs> they certainly um, do. <laughs> yeah, they really do. Uh, it's called Rhino Dart. And it's uh, based on a cocktail my, my high school buddy used to make. Like when, when he really wanted to turn the party up, he said, I'm going to whip up a batch of Rhino Darts. And so, you know, he lives in Nashville. And so uh, he and I and then some, you know, carefully selected business partners have uh have created this cocktail and it's um you know i've been putting it on my instagram page but it launches this uh it's based out of nashville and it launches this friday um the 14th april 14th in nashville and tennessee and then i believe it will expand to chicago and los angeles but uh but right now we're we're starting starting uh small in in, in nashville and tennessee and uh so it's going to be we, you know we have a um a screening tomorrow night in Nashville, and uh, and their Rhino Dart Rhino Dart is sponsoring the uh, the uh, quasi awesome. event. The can the can art is dope too. It's a Rhino Dart on Instagram if people want to check it out. And believe it or not, we have lots of listeners in Nashville, so I'm sure they will check that out as well when they're uh, they're checking out 
Quasi. That's on Thursday on Hulu. Everybody has Hulu. April 20th. So funny. You're hilarious in the film, man. Such a big fan. Really appreciate all you guys taking the time to come on the show. I know you've been on tour for a long while doing this. Hope everybody checks out the movie and it pays dividends. Really, really good work. I hope you're really proud of it. Thank you, man. I, I am. I'm very proud of us. Excellent, man. I'm 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 proud for you. Steve Lemmy, everybody. The hilarious Steve Lemmy, Broken Lizard. Make sure you check out uh, Quasi on Hulu April 20th. If you want to become a Chad Duke Show Facebook subscriber, it's very, very easy. Head to the Chad Duke Show on Facebook, hit the Subscriber Hub button, and follow the steps to gain access to the secret supporter group chat and get the bonus show video backlogs. We all Broken Lizard Takeover continues on the Chad Duke Show all week long. We've been blessed enough to have all five members of Broken Lizard on the program to promote their brand new film, Quasi. I've seen this film. It is riotously funny. And I, my next guest, I've, I've, been, I've been heaping praise on all these guys because they all do such a great job. But not only was he playing dual roles on the screen with himself, but he directed the film April 20th, Thursday. You can watch it on Hulu. The great Kevin Heffernan is on the Monk's Barbecue hotline. Kevin, yes. great to talk to you, brother. How are you? Thank you. Good to talk to you again, my man. I'd How like, are you? I want to apologize because you did something that was so uh, nice and so generous. I used to do a podcast out in the shittiest building in all of Manassas, <laughs> Virginia. And uh, you were doing comedy with Steve at the Arlington Cinema Draft House. We all went out and saw you. It was a hilarious show. Um, but you came in studio with us, even though I- I'm not kidding you. There were there might have been dead bodies in that building. Um, and I always wanted to a apologize for the condition and b say thank you one more time for that. No, thank you. I mean, I I do remember that. I think we were out in the woods somewhere, weren't we? <laughs> I mean, it's like not- Virginia. Virginia Woods somewhere, I thought it was. It was very Virginia-y, and it was very <laughs> Prince William County-ish, so one last time I'd like to say I'm sorry. Um, dude, I've, I've been, I told the other guys this. I, I'm so excited to tell you, uh, especially since you directed it. This movie's hilarious. Um, I know how much you guys revere Monty Python, and it's, it's clear that, like, you wanted to do something in that vein, but this is also very uniquely Broken Lizard. Um, I, you know, I hope you're as satisfied with it as I was as a fan of all of your films watching it. I think people are going to absolutely love it. No, I totally am. I mean, it, it was a blast because we did kind of go back to the well of being a sketch comedy group. We did like silly wigs and silly accents, and we played multiple characters, and, and it's kind of the thing we always wanted to do, but we never really able anyone. Uh, no one ever allowed us to do it. So, well, after Super Troopers 2, uh, you know, we got a little momentum. And so they let us make a movie like this, which is unusual. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, playing, you know, uh, a movie with we were playing multiple parts. We're doing accents. It's a period piece. You know, uh, it's hard to get the, the chance to do that. So I think, you know, we tried to make the most of it. I've been trying not to spoil you know, high spots and, you know, there's, there's great moments and there's really, there's over the top stuff that happens. There's plot twists, but there's really, there's a clever moment in this movie that I wanted to make sure I I complimented you on where one of your characters is pointing at the stage and you say, do you see me on that stage yet? And then your other character walks out onto the stage. I I thought that was masterful. I, I hope people pick up on that when they watch it. No, we, we uh, you know, we, we screened it last night in Boston uh, for one of the first times for a crowd, and they actually, that line got a nice big laugh, oh, so I was, I was happy to see the people appreciate it the same way you did. 
<laughs> did did they also laugh at God is not in there, my friend? You, you're you're the, the right hand man of the Pope has so many great just like not the Pope, excuse me, the King has so many great just jabs and and tags on the end of other lines. He's threatening when Jay's threatening to kill his wife. I think you say she's a goner or she's history, and that's just yeah. There are a lot of additional chuckles with how many rabbit punches you threw. Yeah, it's nice to be the the uh, the sidekick wise guy. It was the Christopher Guest character from Princess Bride, <laughs> yeah. you know, where he's just being a wise ass. And that whole scene where you know Lemmy's character's looking at uh, 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 dirty pictures of the Pope, and you know that that whole stuff. I, we, it was hard to keep a straight face while we were shooting that stuff. She's done for, is what you said. And I, I, yeah, I, she's I, done for. <laughs> I larfed, larfed, and larfed at that. Um, how, how difficult? I mean, I mean, actors do it all the time. But when you're on, you've played multiple at beer fest, most notably, of course. You've, it's not like you haven't played multiple characters before. But interacting with each other and the body doubles and the wardrobe, like blocking that out. How how difficult is that when you're making the film? Uh, it was kind of it was kind of weird because you know you're in a situation where I realized there are times where I'm sitting, there, I'm acting against myself as a different character, but I'm also directing both of me, <laughs> you know. And it like totally turns your head around. And luckily, you know, the other guys are there kind of helping, you know, you know, keep things on track. But, you know, that was the weird part. I got, it wasn't so much acting against each other, but like directing both yeah. <laughs> both sides, you know. And then the weird thing is that you don't realize that all that stuff, you get to shoot the scenes completely twice, uh, which, you know, slows everything down. So it, th it takes a little bit of, of coordinating, not to, not to mess up your day, but uh, and, yeah. and changing costumes and stuff like that, you know. But it was fun. I mean, I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. There's a scene in this film, and I've been doing everything I can not to spoil it because to say it's shocking, I don't think does the film <laughs> justice. But one of your characters is being tortured out in front of everybody in the audience. Um, I just would is there any way you can kind of at least take me through? Did you float that idea? And then when you're coming up with the prosthesis and just when you're fleshing that out and it goes into the script and then you have to speak, I'm assuming, to a props guy, what is that journey like? Those are the silly things. I mean, I, I, without giving anything away, I could say, you know, it's a, it is a bit with a scrotum. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, those are the silly things. We talk about it, you know. Uh, you write these things in the script and you don't really think what it means when you actually end up shooting it. You know, like, I know you like Club Dread. It's like, yeah. you know, we wrote a, a, a Pac-Man maze and then all of a sudden these, you know, 15 dudes are building it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's that kind of thing where all of a sudden you're in these meetings with 30 people describing how you want the scrotum and it needs a little more hair and a little more wrinkles. You know, it's like, it's ridiculous. And so we went to shoot the scene and the funny thing was, um, the studio, the presidents of the movie studio were going to visit the set one day and they oh, picked that day and we looked on the schedule and we're like, oh, what are we shooting today? And it was like, oh, shit, we're shooting this <laughs> <laughs> And the funny thing was, we thought they were going to pull the plug on us, you know, and uh, the funny thing was we looked over between takes and the two presidents of the movie studio stand there in suits. They've got one of the extra scrotums in their hands. Get out of here. And they're draping them over their shoulders and, like, taking selfies of themselves with it and laughing. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, dude, I don't. I mean, I hate to hit you up and put you on the uh, the fucking hot seat here, but I've been begging Jay for one of the Coconut Pete records for ten years. How do I get my hands on one of them scrotums, dude? Can we make that happen anyway? <laughs> I think those. I think the president stole them. You know, they Damn took them it! With them. You always you always hear about Ryan Reynolds. He wants to take the Deadpool suit home with him, and they're like, "Hey, it's four hundred thousand dollars." So then he leaves it there. But those scrotums, I, a couple hundred bucks at least, I definitely would throw in for that. Um, yeah, somebody somebody took those home. Somebody has some nice scrotums at home. Kevin, I don't <laughs> isolate that, please. I don't. Uh, I don't want to just say I like Club Dread. I also another thing I have to thank you for is I remember you actually dug into your notes and pulled out the original lyrics to Naughty Cow and Ponytails and Cocktails right. and all of the just um, Pina Colada Berg. I mean, those. I gotta say to you, man, those are fantastic songs. Like I know that's supposed to be funny and wacky, but not only do they sound like they could be Jimmy Buffett songs, they're completely fucked up. So they sound like Broken Lizard songs, and then they're perfect for Paxton to sing in that role. Uh, that that little LP or is it EP or LP? That little record you guys released with all five of those songs on it. I was like, this is just some really good songwriting. And I know you incorporate, you know, Cracklin' Bacon. You, you incorporate music into your movies a lot. I don't know if a musical album makes sense, but if you're paying homage to people, I, it, would, it would seem to me that you guys are certainly capable of that. No, I, that's one of the best memories I had. It was, it was me and Soder and then our composer who, you know, wrote a lot of the music and then uh, Bill Paxson just in a recording studio just doing these songs. It was such a blast. And then... You know the the insult was they put the um they put the soundtrack album out for that thing and they didn't put the songs on that yeah and we're like what the what are you guys talking about and like oh well we just got it done before you got your songs and like these are the best part of the whole thing you know so I, I love that people lo love them and I know that you 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 have a band where you play some yeah. of those songs right <laughs> I play I play all of them and then we wrote uh, this is embarrassing but then we wrote three albums worth of songs that weren't just. They, they were supposed to be extensions of the universe you created. So they were originals, <laughs> but they were they were written in the voice of Coconut Pete. And, of course, I portray Coconut Dukes, the lead singers. And then all of our bandsmates, we dressed up as characters from the goddamn Pac-Man maze that you were just referencing. Yeah, it all comes sure. true. And we play the 930 Club, sure. which, by the way, is is not a small deal. So I hope you... I hope we made you proud there. Um, the the movie's fantastic. You directing. I, I know that uh, we don't have you forever, but how does it come about? Because I've talked to you before about Slam and Salmon. I, it's one of my favorite comedies yeah. of all time, not just one of my favorite Broken Lizard oh, thank movies. You. Yeah. <laughs> Jay's a fabulous director, too. How how does that decision-making happen where you guys decide who's going to take the stick? Kind of it was like this movie, um, it was just a timing thing. Like Lemmy and I wrote a, couple, the, the a few of the drafts of the first script, before everyone kind of jumped in. So it was a little bit kind of in our lap. And then we kind of pushed the ball on it. And Jay, um, right when the window happened where we were able to shoot, it was, be it was between two seasons of our show, Tacoma. And then we had this window, and Jay was directing a movie called Easter Sunday at the time yeah, with Joe Coy. Joe Coy. And so, yeah, so we um, it, it just kind of worked out. And, he, and this window happened, and Jay was like, well, do you want to do it? And I said, absolutely, yeah, I'll do it. So kind of just worked out timing-wise that I directed it. It's so funny. Uh, when is Tacoma coming back, by the way? Everybody loves that show. Yeah, well, we just finished uh, We just finished editing the, the new season, so season four. And um, uh, we did 13 episodes that we shot and have now edited, and it's going to come out this summer. They haven't told us the date yet, but sometime this summer they're going to start airing the 13 episodes. So. Is, is that the third season? 
fourth. Fourth, dude. That's, fourth. That's, yeah. that's that's so rare, man. That's so awesome. I'm so happy for you guys. I mean, for a show to survive, just for a pilot to get picked up is so unbelievably difficult. And then to multiple seasons and renewal, are you getting any syndication out of that at some point? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty stunning. And I, yeah, we we've uh, we do we've done 50 episodes now, so I think wow. we can get some sort of a syndication. Like the rules have all changed now, but I mean, it really kind of has been nice that we made the mark. And I think it's just you know. We're flying under the radar screen of that network. <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. And but we're making it, you know? Everybody that I've spoken to, even people that aren't as into the, I'm too into the movies, that they still find it to be hilarious. So I'm I'm very happy for you with that as well. Quasi's so cool. Um, It's really funny. Uh, you're going to dig it tape to tape. It's on Hulu, April 20th. The one last thing, Kev, is that comedy has changed so differently and i feel like probably your and my taste in comedy hasn't changed all that much in the past 25 years but everybody else's has is it more difficult to make a really funny over-the-top movie in 2023 i imagine it is there are, there are parts of it you have to have different conversations you know and the funny thing was i don't know if anyone else talked about this but we wrote this movie 20 years ago mm. so there were some jokes and things that you know probably were inappropriate today and that we had to shift out of there but uh you know, it still just comes down to the five of us making each other laugh. And, and as long as we can do that, we think other people will laugh. So A lot of plot twists and turns you don't expect to see coming. A lot of character development. I mean, it's just, and on top of it, it's riotously funny the entire time. And it feels different, but also very comfortable with all you guys working together. Um, huge fan, as you know, Kevin. Thank you so much for always being so cool. And I know all my listeners are going to go check out this movie. It's fantastic. Thanks, Chad. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, man, of course. The great Kevin Heffernan, everybody, on The Chad Duke Show. The Virginia Pizza Crusade is on a mission to find the best slices in the Commonwealth. To keep up with the reviews, be sure to follow the Virginia Pizza Crusade on Instagram, at Virginia Pizza Crusade. It is the Broken Lizard takeover of the Chad Duke Show. Every day this week, we have had one of my guys... From Broken Lizard on to discuss their brand new film, Quasi, which debuts on Hulu. That is Thursday, April 20th, culminating with today, Friday, the great Jay Chandrasekhar, who has sat in this studio with me on multiple occasions, joins us down the Monk's Barbecue Hotline. Uh, my liege, the king himself joins us now. Good to talk to you, bud. How are you? <laughs> How are you? How's it going? Dude, you sent me, you texted me a picture of you in the wig a couple of, I mean, I feel like it was a year and a half ago. And that was funny. This character you play in this movie is so goddamn funny. And he has so many great lines. And you know how much I love Club Dread. I've always wanted you to take another swing at a Cockney accent. I, I, it's it's. It's so funny, just it, it, it naturally before you get to the outrageous punchlines and the twists and turns. Man, it turned out great. Quasi did. I'm so uh, happy to hear that because we're just only just now starting to show it to total strangers, and it's uh, it's you know the screenings have been really good so far, which is uh, a relief. <laughs> yeah, a relief. You I, never know, right? You never no. know. But, well, but dude, so I never far, know. Like, you know. I, I consider you, I, I consider us pretty friendly. And I, I said, man, they got wigs on and it's fucking Tulu. Like, this is weird. I mean, this is way outside the comfort zone. And when I finally got logged into the screener, I, uh, I've told this story to the other guys, but I belly laughed about three minutes in so hard that the wife came downstairs and I made her sit there and watch the scene. So, yeah, man, there's just so many big laughs in this movie. And, 
you know how much I like your other films, but I also think it's it's a movie movie. Like there's the antagonists are different. You guys play in the dual characters. I know it's a nod to Monty Python, but it's also very yeah. much your comedy, but still feeling very separate from the other movies you've done, which is a pretty strong accomplishment for how long you've been doing this. Well, it's 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 the structure of a broken lizard movie always has five leads, us, and and it, it's hard. It's not how most movies are structured. So this movie, we decided to play the bad guys instead of farming it out to uh, you know some mean looking dude. And sure. it was it was a great uh, discovery for us. We were like, this is was such a great way to make movies. And I think we've we've made enough now that the studio's like, sure, you want to. You want to be all the parts? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, who's going to be a bigger draw to a Broken Lizard movie? It's why, I mean, don't take this the wrong way, but it's why Oprah puts her own picture on the front of her own magazine all the time. Because who's going to be a bigger draw to Oprah's audience than Oprah? It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> Although, if we could have gotten Oprah in this movie, I think we might have said yes. Well, you know me. It's always MC, it's always MC Ganey. Like, if you can get MC Ganey for your movie, I want you to cast him in whatever the role may be. He could have had a part in this. Um, dude... <laughs> The this the I, I wrote I actually I started writing and I apologize. Jay gave me his phone number and it was a mistake. Um I started texting you lines from the film as I'm watching the film, which had to be fucking irritating, but there was there is one, and I haven't been spoiling anything, that I was kinda hoping you'd share it with the audience where you said, I'm so glad I got to say that line. Was was somebody else going to be the king at some point during the, the casting of this movie? No, it's more that <clears throat> You know, when we make a movie, we don't cast it till the very end. And so we all just sort of, you know, well, like, for example, all five of us read Harvest Park. And then when Kevin read it, it was like, oh, well, obviously that's it. <laughs> so, um, you know, some weird things can happen. I mean, the, the one thing I wasn't going to do was I wasn't going to play the Pope because, <laughs> I, you know, I... I, I I'm mostly like uh, non-religious, frankly. I, you know, but 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 I don't know if the Catholics would have loved this. Uh, you know, officially a Hindu playing a, a Catholic pope. So I, I decided that was one role I wouldn't play. I love the um, I love the fact though that you had that conversation with how batshit crazy the Pope and everything that happens around him is in this movie. That you were the one part you were worried about is if the brown guy played the Pope. I think he would have been fine, but the cast the, <laughs> the casting actually turned out perfectly. Both of you guys actually played those two main villain roles so well. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it I think it all landed I mean it usually lands the right way. Like it always kind of usually lands the right way, and I'm I'm really happy with it. What um who came up with the who came up with the hemorrhoids shtick for the queen? Because my 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 wife lost it with that and la la laughed probably a little too hard, which made me ask questions I didn't want to ask. But that, I thought that was some really snazzy writing. Do you even remember? Do you guys even remember like who comes up with what joke? You know, in my mind, it was me, but the truth is, you never know. Like. Uh, I think I think you know because I said it. I just have a feeling that I wrote it, but it's not necessarily true. The, the whoever whoever wrote it, uh, I, I tip my crown to them because boy, is it a fun line to say. You have so many great your character has so many great pejoratives in this, where you're, you're calling people names, and I always hearken back to you've manacled me to my deathbed, you Piccadilly whore. I, is <laughs> is that something specifically you work on? Where it's like, let's just come up with a bunch of funny shit to call someone when we're giving them 
um, you know, when we're trying to talk crap to them? Is is that something that you work on separately? Do you have like a big, you know, a tome somewhere of insults to call people? Because it, it, you clearly have spent time on it. Well, you know, my favorite style of comedy is the is the insult style. Like, uh, and I, it doesn't mean you know, it's not that it's not that my favorite comic is Don Rickles. I just love. I love that kind of insult. And Broken Lizard sort of operates on, we call it the house of pain. And we just sort of, you know, constantly insult each other. Uh, and, you know, I think we've gotten pretty good at it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very important to be creative in how insulting you can be. Well, you're an old school <laughs> Stern fan, just like I am. And, I mean, I think that if you're if – you're, that sort of humor is the cut of your jib being really cruel to people that are your, your closest personal friends, then yeah, it would, it would make sense that some of that shows up in your films. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's, uh, you know, and it's never too cruel. It's just hitting them on the thing that they can't change about themselves. Like, you know, Lemmy's height or, you know, sometimes Heffernan's weight, sometimes. like, you know, <laughs> dude i always know when i've gained too much weight because people stop calling me farva like when i've when i've gained enough weight where i don't get called farva i'm like all right i gotta get back on the treadmill i'm at i'm at a different i'm at a different end of the spectrum um dude the uh the end of this movie i, I again i'm not trying to spoil it but there's a twist that really just I, I really thought that you and Soder did a great job of playing these assholes that were also really funny, but at the end there's something that happens that makes you think differently about all those characters. And I, I go back to you mentioned, hey, it's the stars five guys, and we all kind of we, we start out thinking we could play different characters. Th there's more depth, like there's a twist in the in the in the middle of this movie where you think there's one conspiracy going on and then there's another. I, I know it's a crazy broken lizard movie, but it's also at times a movie movie and i really enjoyed that part of it i'm curious is that something that you guys you know maybe potentially want to do more of well i mean i describe this movie as like a, a 12th century french political thriller with english accents and blood um and i and i feel like that the the style of the twists and the turns and all that it's it's it was very satisfying and very fun to do it was fun to feel like when you watch it when we even when we watch it we're like there's a main character in this movie sure. <laughs> and there are official villains and it feels a little more like a real movie and it's kind of yes the answer is probably i mean you know super troopers movies are structured the way they're structured for because that's just how that is um but but yeah we have other movies that are a little more conventional and i and and maybe we'd be wise to to sort of mix those in with the with the multiple sequels i, I don't know man I, uh, <laughs> I, I have mixed feelings about that because i love acdc and acdc has sounded the same since the late 60s until like you know 2020 like there's something to be said if you're really good at something and people enjoy it like why fuck around with that because then you make then you end up being jim carrey and you make 12 movies in a row that nobody wants to see yeah but you know this our version of a of a of a movie that that follows a more standard uh, model is this, yeah. right? So it's not like we're going to make some, you know, some pussy ass movie that, that's, <laughs> you know, PG 13 and whatever. We're, we're still making an R rated movie. Uh, and it's still our style. It's just, you know, uh, the answer is, you know, because of the five man structure, it's hard for us to make 
traditional movies, but I think we'll mix them in every now and then because playing the villains was a great thing. The the Stolhansky, I saw you um you, you on social media. There's a a scene where Stolhansky uh, is he is the uh, the right hand man of the Pope, and he gets covered with quite a bit of gore. Um, and you said that was one of my favorite scenes of the movie. It was a great scene. I was just curious, why did that one sneak out to you for people that are going to check it out on Thursday the twentieth? Well, I, I like when conversations are happening in movies. And there is an immense distraction happening simultaneously. Right. Um, and that's what that is. It's like, you know, they're they're trying to perform an exorcism while the Pope's um, right-hand man is giving him the itinerary details for his trip. Uh, and the blood gets a little, flies a little too far. So. I, I love that. I love. I love it. I think it's so funny. Is that so is it funny. intentional that he's the one that gets doused and all that, and then he's also the one coming out of the mud pit in Club Dread and covered with and then cut in, like I just don't know. I feel like you guys, there, there's shit that happens to individual, the, the certain guys in your in your troop that you enjoy happening over and over again. It kind of becomes their role. Is that all premeditated beforehand? No, I think it's just good luck. You know, it's just <laughs> it's just the way luck sort of rolls in life, and and. I think that that's a funny thing that none of us have ever even thought of. Well, it happens. Lemmy gets to bang a lot of chicks, that's for sure. Um, let me ask you this. The the albums, we all know that eventually you're going to crack and that I will be the, the one that receives the, the sea shanties and wet panties, Coconut Pete, Bill Paxton, LP. It's just I got to wear, wear on you. I asked Heffernan about this. He told me that while you guys were filming a bunch of movie executives were modeling with a bunch of fake scrotums. And what I want to know is when are those signed scrotums? Broken Lizard does nothing if they don't merchandise correctly on their website, brokenlizard.com. When are you guys going to start autographing rubber scrotums to get out there into the throngs of fans? It's got to happen, my friend. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. We haven't, we haven't yet built the quasi merchandise, but, but that should probably be uh, uh, item number one. Should be. Um, how's the tour been going? I mean, the cities you're going to are fun. I saw you at the NASCAR race, the going to wrestling matches and all of that. You guys do such a good job of marketing yourselves. Like, how has it been taking the good word to the people? Well, this is our, I think it's our eighth film tour. Uh, and that doesn't count Dukes of Hazard. Right. Uh, so maybe ninth. But, I mean, it's it's been, you know, it's always the same. We show the movie, we listen to them. They usually laugh, and then we we have a very nice dinner, and then we get just blasted. <laughs> uh, and in the morning, we wake up and do press and get on a plane and go somewhere else and do it all over again. Um, it's a good life, Chad. It's a good life. It really isn't bad. I remember you were in studio one time, and I was wrapping my evening up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going out to dinner, and then I'm headed downtown to D.C. to go do some drinking. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's it's good to be Jay Tradesaker. How's the golf game going, brother? It's great. I mean, you know, up until this tour started, I'd played the previous 80 days in a row. Wow. Um, I'm like, you know, I've played about 700 of the last 750 days. I am just on this, in just the middle of this golf addiction that I'm just enjoying the hell out of it. So I, I wrote, along with my friend Kate Angelo, a... Uh, r-rated scottish golf trip movie that uh eventually turns into a hangover style movie um and uh we just finished it today the first draft so we're going to start pushing that through the machine soon 
That sounds like a, a a very workable premise for your the the style of humor that you embrace. You know, my brother's a scratch golfer. You gotta play. You guys should link up when you come through here. I, I'm pretty sure you take. To. I'm pretty sure you take money off you. He's insufferable. <laughs> He's insufferable about it too. Like I don't know what happens to you golfers where it, it stops becoming just a pastime or like a a hobby and it becomes some sort of religion or a, a cabal of. Ne'er do well. What, what is it about the sport that causes you to kind of all of the people that play it to turn into zealots? I think what it is is when you hit that good shot, which almost anybody can do occasionally, you get uh, like an like an orgasmic feeling. The sound and the sight of it is just so glorious. So that once you learn how to do it, you know more most of the time, then it becomes. It's this, it's one of those, like, it's a mathematical game, right? And so it's like, and the variables constantly are changing. And so it's like a, it's like an interesting mind game to play. Uh, uh, that's also physical. Like, it's like, it's the combo of mental and physical in a game. And it's, and it's hard. It's a hard game to play. And it's frustrating. And you're, and you're the only one taking care of your score and so you have this this monkey in you which just wants to cheat so badly and, and it, it, it makes no sense it yeah. doesn't it, there's no logic to it but the monkey really wants to cheat <laughs> but if you cheat you don't get any better and then so you're only fucking yourself over so that's an enormous amount of, yeah it's an enormous amount of discipline it takes to not do that hey i didn't did you like top gun maverick as much as i did i, I didn't ask you about that well the problem is i didn't like the first one so Jesus. I went. I talked to my friends, and I was like, statement, man. "I know, I'm alone. I'm alone on this one." But I talked to a lot of friends who saw it. They're like, "Well, if you didn't like the first one, you're not going to like the second." I don't I agree said, with that you. at all. Well, I didn't go because I, I found, and, and and I'm I'm a big Tom Cruise fan, right? But I, you know, I like I like the Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible, and I like the Tom Cruise, you know, obviously risky business, but in that one. Where they're acting macho and kind of oh, it's, you know, it's this, the eighties. It's a different time. That this is not like that. I'm telling you, you'd love this. Movie. It bums me out that you won't even give it a chance. How many high fives are in the movie? Okay, there's some high fives. I gotta say, there's <laughs> there's one or two. Come on, man, let's get bombed. How many fucking moments like that are in your movies, for God's sake? Hey, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Nothing at all. But there's upper body male nudity in your films. I, I think this would be fun. Hey, you have hunchback sex in Quasi. I mean, wh who are you to cast aspersions on a good shirtless volleyball high five? Hey man, all you <laughs> said was, did you see the movie? And I all know. I said was, no. All right. Because I'm not interested. All right. Well, if you're not, in um, you're not interested, you're not interested. Yeah. Did you see Banshees of Anishirin? I did, and I loved it. I loved it, too. I yeah. loved it. I, th I thought it was excellent. Although I thought it was... Uh, really unique it is the opposite of one of your films i did not feel good the entire time i was watching that thing it was uh do you know what it's actually about yeah it's about the uh it's about the ireland having to the the troubles and the the northern ireland having to pick up arms against their brothers and all that shit yeah right okay come on dude because i didn't know that when i saw it i thought it was what? i was like this feels like it's about something else like it feels like it's about a man and a woman's relationship and then and the woman wants the man to leave her alone. 
and and but it turns out to be about those religions and i'm like ah that's yeah. even more interesting that's why brandon gleason goes so crazy about it immediately is because that's what happened it was brother versus brother at the you know you could have made it about the american civil war as well um boy this went off in a weird direction as our conversations usually do um i know i know dude you're a famous guy and i'm a fan of yours so i don't know how much my word means because maybe i sound biased but this movie's fucking hilarious. I laughed out loud so many times. It was so much fun seeing you guys play the different roles. I'm a huge uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail fan, so like I, I got all of that, but it's still your all's movie, and the king is my favorite character. I didn't say that my favorite character was anybody else in the movie. I think it's fantastic, and I hope you do more Cox and Quarters Cockney accents. I think it's just a, <laughs> it's a home run. Did you keep the wig? Is the wig something that is still with you? It was a rental. Motherfucker. <laughs> We I, had to turn it back in. That bums me so much. I, th nobody gets to keep any of the props from their own films. That always bums me out. Yeah, not 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 really. The crown was a rental too. I mean, the whole thing. You know, you know. The funny thing about hair in Hollywood, I'll tell you something that I think you'll find interesting, is that it's run by the Russian mafia. You're lying. Like, no, you can't get <laughs> hair uh, for mustaches, beards, or wigs without going through some people associated with the russian mafia and i don't know why but that's the goddamn truth <laughs> that is nuts it's like if you were trying to get fedor to fight in the ufc you got to go through the russian mob to do it and unfortunately no one's been able to do that yet as well all right i'm gonna put you on the spot i have a super troopers autographed poster that i purchased with my own money uh, i bought two of them when they were up on your website and i've kept one for i think it's three years now i've had this thing and I want to give it away to one listener. They have listened to five straight interviews in five straight days from the cast of Quasi, which, of course, is coming out on Hulu April 20th. I want you to ask a Broken Lizard trivia question, and the first person that tweets me at, at Chad Dukes with the correct answer, once they hear this, they're going to win this autographed poster that I have that all you guys signed. It's in mint condition. So anything you want as simple as you want or as complicated as you want give me one question that somebody could, should answer to win a prize like that um i mean it's so easy right I, I, everything i think about my like, god i could never figure that out uh which member of broken lizard was not in the fraternity with the other four members oh shit okay which member was not in the fraternity with the other four members if you know Tweet me right now at Chad Dukes, the very first person that does, you are going to win. And I'll even ship it to you, cheap sons of bitches. I'll pop for the shipping and handling. Um, J-Man, the movie's great. I'm so excited for you guys. It's so funny, uh, and it's different, too. It's it's cool, and I think people – how's it working with Hulu real quick? Is it, has it been all right? Well, we really – you know, we've really only been working with the same executives we worked at with at Searchlight. Okay. So now that um, – we have this situation with them. I'm hoping we'll work with them on some other stuff. That's great. That's great. Because uh, I like I like their programming. And it and it puts your uh, product in front of an enormous audience immediately. That's just going to be subscribers where it pops up there on the menu too, which is great. That's more people seeing the film. It's really funny, man. I'm so happy for you guys. And I know you you personally went to great lengths to make it so all of you guys could be on the show this week. And it's been a lot of fun. And my listeners are really excited about it. So thank you for doing that too. 
Uh, I'm so glad to to hear it went well. That's it, great. It went great. Everybody was fabulous. Vouch Vault. Make sure you vouch for Quasi on the Vouch Vault app the second you watch it. Jay Chandra Sekar on Instagram. Leave off the R on Twitter. The gentleman is a mensch. Jay, thank you so much, brother. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. The great Jay Chandra Sekar, everybody, on the Chad Duke Show. Friendos, if you're in the area, make sure you visit Commonwealth Dry Goods in scenic Old Town Fairfax. They have the very best in local candles, peanuts, gifts, chocolates, olive oil, hot sauce, along with ice-cold cheer wine, and both types of music on vinyl. You can check them out on Instagram and Facebook at Commonwealth Dry Goods or order online today at CommonwealthDryGoods.com. If you're a previous listener of Big O and Dukes or Chad Dukes versus the world or any other venture that Chad has been involved in, he's always kind of had discussions about Jay Chandler Seikow and, and the kind of friendship that they have. If you ever thought that he was blowing smoke about that, I can finally confirm he's not. After that interview wrapped up, all five of those guys, such great dudes, great conversations. Before the interview, during the interview, after the interview, they were all fantastic but listening to dukes just bust the balls about things that he should be doing things that he shouldn't be doing and just those two going back and forth so much fun again this is just a big thank you for you guys we really appreciate you signing up for the fortress film society feed but just in case you want to check in with the show and see what all has been going on go to the website www.chaddukeshow.com we have links to the sponsors links to the shop you can get your subscriptions there you'll access all the episodes that we have available for you which is all of them or check out all the socials twitter it's at chad dukes instagram it's at chad duke show and it's facebook.com backslash the chad duke show thank you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend Love you a long time. And if the good Lord is willing and the creeks don't rise, we're going to have more content for you coming up shortly. Roll out the...